Today on Innovation Deciphered, we welcome Sam Stacey, CEO of Stax, where we discuss his fascinating journey with innovation in the built environment and share some key insights on how organisations can leverage good ideas into valuable outputs. If you find this episode resonates and want to learn more about how we can help unlock your innovation journey, please get in touch. Details in the description below. Enjoy. Uh, hi Sam, thanks for uh, joining us today on uh, the latest episode of Innovation Deciphered. Really excited to have you here and uh, learn a little bit about your innovation journey uh, through construction. Um, I guess let's start maybe at the beginning for you. Why did you get involved with innovation and in trying to sort of push a, a better way of doing things into construction? I, I think I had a recognition from way back and honestly in, you know, right through child, right into childhood, that I was really interested in buildings, the built environment, and I, I always kind of thought it's got to be better. You know, there's got to be opportunities to do things better. So I've meandered my way through the industry, doing all sorts of roles within construction, and I, I think picking up all these sort of bits of the jigsaw. You know, learning lots of different things about how the whole built environment uh, sector works and all the while thinking you know what's going to be useful to addressing the problems that we, we perceive that it has and uh, you know it's kind of built up momentum through all that and leading to getting some really exciting roles uh, in well most recently uh, with, with government running the transforming construction program mm -hmm. and through that time obviously you've been up and down the value chain, like you say, with government more recently. Have you seen the perception of innovation in the industry change? It's been a it's been a tough journey in many ways because I think that people have recognised the importance of innovation for the sector um, for a long time. And there's been just a huge amount of frustration across the spectrum in terms of so why can't we shift it? You know, why can't we really make inroads and, and, and change things? And you know, I think the, the barriers are, are well rehearsed. It's a fragmented system. Um, uh, lots of different players need to align themselves and collaborate in order to, to achieve change. Um, and it does hold things back. I think we've made significant progress. We, the nation, to some extent the world, have made significant progress uh, in recent times. And I think there are all sorts of factors that are facilitating or pushing for change, so making it more likely that we'll reach what, what I regard as, as a sort of essential tipping point in terms of flipping over to a fundamentally different way of doing things. And you've um, been in roles and organisations that um, sort of are across the globe. Where would you put the UK and sort of our approach to innovation in the built environment compared to North America, Scandinavia, uh, the East and other countries you, you've been involved with? A very, very interesting question, and uh, the UK has been strong, has punched above its weight, um, and I very much discovered that when I started working with Skanska uh, in 2010. Uh, you know, international company, uh, working in some of the most advanced markets, big in the States, big in Scandinavia, but by and large the UK was ahead of the game, certainly with regards to um, 
understanding of innovation in, in, in construction, developing the techniques. I think the focus on digital, which goes back quite a long way in, in the UK, has probably the sing, been the single most important uh, driver for that. And I think there's, there's a very high standard of professionalism um, in, in this country, uh, certainly at the upper levels, you know, let's, you know, mustn't ignore the fact that there's a, you know, there have been some, some uh, bad outputs from the industry, but um, the UK is very, very good and very strong. Um, I think as things stand today in 2022, it's, um, it's a very interesting question to think, so where are we going to really see the breakthroughs? A lot of great prep work has been done in the UK um, uh, but there are advantages or uh, drivers that exist in other geographies that uh, you know could mean that they you know they, they push ahead mm -hmm. in, in different ways and I, I guess you know, we, we spoke about it when we caught up a few weeks ago that sustainability and the drive for reducing carbon uh, being sort of a, a real focus point for needing innovation and needing better ways of doing things and you described it as a bit of a race uh, potentially um, to to unlocking a better way of doing things I think I think that is the case and I think it's a race because I think that the, the companies or regions that sort of crack the code for for, for doing things better will uh, they will gain huge benefit for their societies, for their businesses, for the environment in, in those places. Uh, so, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, I think there are huge, huge prizes to be had in, in terms of that. And the environmental drivers are huge. Um, you know, it's now recognised widely that the built environment sector is, is absolutely essential to solving the climate change problems that, that, that we've got uh, you know in terms of the way that, that we build buildings in terms of the way that the that, that buildings function and the carbon emissions and energy management associated with them so different countries are perceiving this in different ways and quite honestly have um, different uh, different drivers relating to this the the countries that have made their livings uh, from hydrocarbons um, they're aware that they're going to have to pivot away in due course um, from making their living out of hydrocarbons. They've got to uh, have developed thriving industries in, in other ways. So that's a very strong set of drivers, I think, in certain parts of the world with regards to making more from their construction sector. In terms of the more sort of mature environments, the UK, Europe, uh, we know we've got to decarbonise our existing building stock and we need new solutions for that. So it's a, the, the, the climate change challenge and the drivers associated with that are very significant for the sector and I think it all points towards doing things in a more joined up way and using technology uh, more intelligently. So and that in, in some ways is, is a good way to, to segue into uh, the, uh, the innovation uh, hub, the uh, sort of challenge fund and everything yeah. that you've been involved with the last few years where uh, you know that was all about getting the industry to collaborate. Yes, yes. Uh, and trying to get the industry to share ideas better, to fund ideas together with that government yeah. backing. How hard was that to get everyone to, to truly sort of work together in, in a collaborative way for the greater good ultimately? 
I can honestly say I was pleasantly surprised by the experience I had running Transforming Construction. Um, we got very enthusiastic collaboration mm -hmm. across the industry. At each point we were going, so you know, these are our targets, these are what we think we need to achieve with regards to match funding from the industry, with regards to uh, volunteering to participate in different parts of the programme. And we exceeded all those targets. So we're sort of heading towards a billion in match funding um, in these techniques from the private sector, mm -hmm. which is terrific. Mm -hmm. You know, we started out with a target of 250 million. The Construction Innovation Hub was doing various things in consultations and company, you know, inviting companies to get involved in the development of the product platform approach, the kit parts approach to, to buildings. Uh, I think they were looking for 50 organisations to, to collaborate with on that. I think they, when they sort of closed the round, as it were, cl closed the offering, I think they were up to nearly 150 organisations. Mm -hmm. So terrific buy-in. Um, that's not, though, the end of the story. You know, what we've got locked in to the system now is um, the construction playbook, the Transforming mm -hmm. Infrastructure Performance uh, Roadmap to 2030, so fundamental change of uh, procurement policy and government policy around construction. And that's going to give confidence to the market and pull through a lot of these, these solutions. Uh, but industry companies will have to change the way that they do things. And the, 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 the habits and the readiness to kind of leap into to, to change are not really there. So you know, we've, the, got, we've got good drivers, but... Um, the, the industry, I mean, you could argue because of the low margins and the structure yeah. and what have you, uh, there is a real fear of failure uh, yeah. rather than uh, sort of a mindset of productively failing. Um, sure. So what is it, how do you bottle that ability to be un comfortably uncomfortable? Um, if that makes sense, um, you, you know, that wanting to try something out, if it fails, it's not the end of the world because you can build and learn from it. How, how can we change that industry to bottle some of that, um, the, the more willingness to, to dive into uncertainty? Lee, I, I would say the answer to that is leadership and examples of success. So, you know, not... You know, Com companies will be massively influenced by the sort of prevailing culture and the attitudes of, of the leaders and the, the staff within companies will very much pick up, you know, not just the words of the leaders, but the actions of the leaders, you know. So are they just talking a good game around innovation or are they really committed to, to, to innovation? So we need to see it in terms of in terms of leadership. And I think it's a mixed bag out there, quite honestly. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I think there are... There are some examples of leaders in the industry, leaders of big organisations that are really committed to change. And there are a, a lot, and I am afraid to say this is distinctly the majority in terms of the, the uh, incumbents, who are kind of sitting on the fence with, with regards to this. Now, I think one of the factors that's really going to change this is when you get some breakthrough successes probably from SMEs, from mm -hmm. uh, disruptive SMEs coming in and, you know, taking those new approaches and then lo and behold, making great returns and creating shareholder value and better mm -hmm. margins and so forth. Um, 
you know, I, I think that will that will wake people up, and I think that will be absolutely a good thing. I think that will be really exciting to see, and and to a large extent, I think that's where you know where I want to focus, and and where I would encourage the sort of revolutionaries in the industry to to focus their efforts. Yeah, there are some really exciting uh, things happening out there. You know, I um, a previous guest uh, of ours on the, hoping previous guest, I'm not sure now what the order is, uh, Zpods have been yeah, on talking yeah. about their sort of really innovative business model, yeah. really innovative product. We've had 3D Repo and a number of yeah. uh, digital providers on uh, the old uh, construction big breakfast as well. And it's really exciting. And you can really see sort of momentum gathering behind this sort of slightly different way of doing things. Um, and I think to sort of keep a bit of a, a common thread uh, through our discussion, that idea of a more sustainable future yeah. is what is really yeah. driving more investment, yeah. um, a, a, a more of a need and a want, um, and, a, and a leadership yeah. drive for doing something different. I think that's the case, and you've cited some, some examples of companies all, all, you know, mm. that I'm familiar with doing uh, great things there. And I think the, the sustainability uh, incentives are quite significant there. But the, the other one, which we're hearing a little bit less about at the moment, is just productivity. You mm -hmm. know? We can do phenomenal things with productivity in mm -hmm. this industry. So you know, what excites people at the moment, and, and again, I'm enthusiastic about it, I'm all for it, is, is uh, energy management and, and carbon reductions. <coughs> but if you can deliver the built environment with what I would say, you know, thoroughly feasibly a quarter of the labour that we traditionally use today. <coughs> That's an absolute game changer. Mm. You know, that, that has phenomenal effects on, well, all sorts of things. You've got more, more valuable jobs. Incidentally, those jobs can be better distributed around the country because essentially that would tend to relate to off-site fabrication. Uh, better, better wages, better conditions, because the, the kind of jobs that you're talking about there and the kind of ways of operating are uh, conducive to less commuting, you know, less travel, mm -hmm. um, better um, facilities at the place of work, all these things. So I think that's something that, you know, I want to keep reminding people, this is not just about sustainability, mm -hmm. but the great thing is that all these things are coming together. It's not this sort of uh, compromise equation that we tend to be used to in the mm -hmm. industry, you know, cost, quality, time, you know, mm -hmm. which one do we focus on, where are we prepared to make, uh, make sacrifices. If you do things in the right way, the way that we've frankly proven you can do things, you get your productivity gains, mm -hmm. you get your speed gains, you, you get your, your quality gains, you get your sustainability gains, it all, it all comes together. It's, mm -hmm. it's a win for everybody. I think one of the... Um things that we've really seen um, as an industry the last couple of years and driven by sort of the, the, the hub and, and the likes is that change of conversation to value as, yeah, as a focus yeah. and the value toolkit and things like this, helping people understand how, like you say, it's not just that triangle, you've yeah. got the wheel now, haven't you, with yeah. all the different factors of what does value mean to, to you as an organisation, as a client, as a project, yeah. all these things, and you can really hone in on then what you want as an outcome, which I think will help with innovation as well, because having that focus allows you to be creative with a purpose, which yeah. I think is important. I think this, I think you're absolutely right. I think that this, this, this concept of value and being intelligent about your decisions in relation to value 
should be very significant. Again, baked into government procurement now. Uh, we've got very practical tools around that. Everybody gets it. And you know, this isn't, you know, this isn't a particularly new thing. This is something that the Construction Leadership Council has been pushing for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. But we, you know, we did find you, we had to really kind of dig into the subject and really explore it, uh, understand what the implications are for all the different stakeholders, provide tools to ena- enable people to weigh up the different factors in, the, in their decision making. Uh, and again, I think you know. I think we've locked in certain things that will continue to bear fruit for a long time to come. Now, mm-hmm. you know, I think you know the news cycle tends to like big bang things. You know, big, big sort of smash enhancements, and you know, there's always that if it if it bleeds, it leads. So they tend to have disasters. <laughs> what we've created is a platform for long term beneficial change. Uh, so. I think we we will see just gradually as we go along. We'll see better schools produced more cost effectively, sustainably, and, and so on. And better hospitals. The daunting or exciting challenge, depending on what, what, how you look at it, is, is how we retrofit thousands, millions of buildings mm. to improve their their energy performance. So, you know. That, that will be fascinating to watch. And again, I want to be kind of close to the heart of, of making that succeed. It will be. And I think, you know, especially here in London, it's sort of an important, I think, change in going away from just knocking everything down and putting something new to how can we make better use of the existing asset base? And yeah. How can we consider retrofit first rather than um, just renew and replace, yeah. which I, you know, doesn't work in terms of an embodied carbon uh, argument quite as well uh, moving forward I don't think yeah and you know the the the, the numbers are quite instructive mm. we've got this vast number 28 million homes uh, whatever it is two or three million more other sorts of buildings all well I say all the majority of which need to be retrofitted mm-hmm. we've got a labor crisis in the industry already aging workforce and, and all this you know, there's there's some interesting uh, factors to take into account. There is. But coming back to what I was saying about productivity, the productivity gains are not just applicable to new buildings. Hmm. There are, you know, there are solutions to improving productivity with with regards to retrofit as well. Hmm. And again, I think we will probably find, you know, once we kind of get stuck into it, we'll probably find that it's quite surprising just how much progress we can make in terms of that. So we've um, so talked quite a bit about more the industry yeah uh, sort of a more organizational level in your experience what are some of the the key foundation stones for um ensuring that good ideas are captured and something happens with them i'm not a great advocate having kind of tried it i'm not a massive advocate of uh trawling for ideas uh, certainly in our industry. Yes, listen to people who know what they're talking about, but I think we know the answers pretty much. We know that we, we, we've got to focus on digital solutions, these very broad categories, digital solutions, manufacturing approaches, and clean tech. Mm-hmm. We know more or less what the, you know, breaking that down, what the techniques and technologies are associated with that. Um, we've got to structure things in such a way that we deliver that. On the whole, that is going to mean more investment. 
there's that the the capital required to set businesses up to address these new ways of doing things will be more significant than in the past. You know, I think we're all familiar with the idea that main contractors uh, they like to hang on to every every penny of cash, and you know we've got to we've got to move away from that. Um, so we know where we need to go. We know roughly what the the um, ingredients are in terms of uh, mapping mm -hmm. mapping that journey. It's going to require more investment. You've got to be operating within an ecosystem which uh, provides you confidence in the demand and the both the. Uh, yeah, the, the type of demand and the, the, the pipeline of work, whatever that might be. And actually the government's been pretty good on this as well, I mean, in terms of publishing the, the pipelines of, of demand. So those publishing is one thing; is doing it is the <laughs> yeah it is almost more important. Uh, you know, trust in the data as well as having data. I think it, it are interesting concepts that um, as because as, as an industry, I think we're sort of very, we're data rich. Yeah. We're very good at measuring. We're very poor with creating um, tangible uh, insights from that data yeah. across the board. And I think that is, so I, you know, I agree with you that there is a lot out there and it's adoption is important. I think there's probably some ideas out there that we haven't quite grasped yet though, and we need to make sure that we create an ecosystem that allows them to come to fruition as well. Yes, I mean, you're, you're, you're right. We do collect a lot of data, but we are not very good at uh, developing insights from that data and you know I don't think I, th I think that's partly because it is particularly difficult in in our environment you know what I dream of is a sort of equivalent of a sat nav for construction so you, you sort of you've got technologies and tools uh, sort of working in the background to help guide decisions mm -hmm. which were, would otherwise be incredibly complicated or sort of beyond the, the weight of, of, uh, of, of humans. Um, you know, in order to make intelligent decisions about where we're going with construction, you need to be processing vast amounts of, of, of information pretty quickly, um, and then uh, making decisions on the basis of that. And, you know, I've, I've, I've pushed a lot for uh, collection of data that we can then uh, use uh, machine learning on mm -hmm. and you know systems that, that do that so n plan is, is one mm -hmm. of sort of yeah, yeah. leading proponents of, of AI in construction mm -hmm. but I think there's loads more opportunities in terms of that there are and I think it's important that um, it's understanding the value of the data and where the value lies yeah. and how we can look at opening certain sources of data for everyone to share creating data trusts and things like yeah. that that we can all put into leverage and gain value from rather than because if we're not careful we'll all just sort of hold on to it a little bit too tight and some will win some will lose which isn't a bad thing necessarily but there's a great opportunity for everyone to, to absolutely learn absolutely and I, I you know, data trust certainly certainly a good thing I think the again the government and you know, with with the influence of the transforming construction program has been more explicit about collecting and sharing data mm -hmm. I think the real breakthroughs are probably going to come more from uh, SMEs than, than incumbents in the industry because they're going to be approaching it with an absolute focus on, mm. on digital. Uh, and you know, you, you, you can, you can uh, regard the construction industry as an information problem, as it were, mm. or an information-based uh, uh, set of activities. Um, 
and that's a whole different way of looking at things and and you know I don't think the old world as it were the old world companies are naturally that uh, embracing of those those approaches so for you sort of looking back um, at your career today what are some of the key lessons learned uh, for you with regards um, implementing innovation collecting everything to do with innovation and change what would be your key takeaways, key lessons that you would share with sort of our, our listeners and watchers? Uh, be curious, uh, look outside, the, you know, look, look widely. It's, it's amazing how much inspiration you can get from you know, different, different sources. Uh, we know we need to change the industry. We know we need to do things differently. Be determined about it. Um, we know that there are huge benefits uh, to, to be gained from these things, so the, 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 the prize is there if you, um, if you go for it. Um, if you're not working with people who are kind of getting it, you know, don't be afraid to move on. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think for all sorts of reasons that, that you, know, you, you, you can kind of go down cul-de-sacs with regards to that, but as long as you've got that optimism and that vision and that curiosity, you can kind of readjust and, and head in a different direction. Um, and it's incredibly satisfying, you know, that's, that's, that's what keeps me inspired. That's why I absolutely love what I do. And, you know, I think we're going to see increasing momentum and real breakthroughs uh, in, in the near future um, in terms of construction. Well, I think on that sort of slightly inspirational note, I think it's a perfect time to uh, bring it to an end. So uh, thank you very much for your time today, Sam. It's been a really interesting conversation. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for joining us. Oh, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you.